Breaking news on Block Sports Show. There are three Chicago sports headlines that have come to light in the past few days that must be discussed before we begin episode 74. And those are Scottie Pippen's comments, Lucas Giulio and Josh Donaldson's tussle and heated comments after the White Sox game a few days ago. And then finally, Jaffa Tay's good news. So of the three, that is the good news. Jaffa Tay's is revealing about what illness he dealt with this year and that he is ready to go for next season. So very excited for Jonathan to come back onto the ice. So back to Scottie Pippen news. As you know, last year, The Last Dance came out. It was very popular. Made to Netflix, ESPN, a huge show on the Bulls and Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, all those big names. Well, Scottie Pippen has a memoir coming out pretty soon. And he has been on ESPN. He's on ESPN often in commentator and analyst capacity. It's on various interviews so far. Yeah. Um, famous one with Dan Patrick. Yep. He decided to go on Dan Patrick show, which is on NBC. Peacock, actually. You can watch it on Peacock if you want to. Yeah, I watch it now. And... He told Dan Patrick, I didn't watch the whole interview, I really actually didn't watch the interview, but when I heard about it, basically, some of the things he mentioned was in 1994 when Michael Jordan was playing baseball for the White Sox, Scotty highlighted the moment in the Eastern Conference semifinals in 1994 when Tony Kuchok got the opportunity by Phil Jackson, the head coach, to take the game-winning shot and Scottie Pippen took himself out of the game for that because he didn't get the opportunity to take the game winning shot. And he told Dan Patrick he believed that it was racism, I guess, that he didn't get the opportunity to shoot it because he's the most talented on the team, I guess, which you would infer from those comments. Basically called Coach Jackson a racist and he didn't exactly say that to Patrick, yet he agreed when he was asked, do you believe, or is coach? Oh, that's true. Yeah, Dan Patrick said he's coach, Phil Jackson racist, and he was like, yeah. He didn't outright say those, say that R word. You knew what he meant, though. Right. And really, the soundbite is that the fact that Coach Jackson denying him the final shot, Pippen calling it a racial move. The fact that Kukoc being European <laughs> white, yep, uh, and Pippen being uh, black, uh, African American, and so basically Pippen saying that he been in the league long enough and he knows how things roll and the fact that considering his body of work his experience being in NBA he feels slighted didn't get chosen to make that last shot that winning uh, move <laughs> and then the second part being that now probably looking back that the 
movies. It was a racial move, which I can totally see, you know, like things only starting to get better after how many years? For yeah. 20, 27 years. years now? Less than a little. 27, yeah. Yeah, 2017. So I could totally side look with them on that. Um, definitely having a variety of let's say characters on the on the team which is a little bit more fun and they're very much filled with you know a lot so a different variety of on the flip side we weren't present in 1994 we weren't part of the bull locker room we didn't know Sky Pippen, we didn't know Phil Jackson. I don't know Phil Jackson or Sky Pippen. I don't say, well, you see him on TV, but I don't know him personally. I've never met the man. I haven't met Phil Jackson either. And I'm not going to comment saying he's right, he's totally racist, or of course he is. I don't know anything about the situation. So I'm just going to comment on what Sky Pippen has said and his feelings towards Phil Jackson and the situation in 20 seven years ago and I don't think this is the end of the story I bet there's going to be more coming to light I bet on Phil Jackson either from Sky Pippen or other sources so I think this is a good spot to for now put it to bed until we know more about Sky Pippen he's going to reveal more I bet yeah and now I think we can yeah it is controversial I agree now I can transition to Lucas Gilito and Josh Donaldson news from a few days ago. They faced off Twins and White Sox, big rivals. They've been big rivals for decades. Were facing off. And a little bit of news in case you've been hiding or not, not sure about baseball rules, locations. Well, baseball's been having problems with Substances pitchers have been using. Rob Manfred has all cropped down on that. So we're worried about um, pitchers using like substances that are banned and using them during games, which helps with like spin rate. Spin rate is very pop, um, useful when you have the ball. It can do really good things spinning. Pitchers such as Garrett Cole, Corbin Burns, John Means, to name a few, have very good success with spin rate they've been some of the people heavily using that and the downsides people have said that now that it's being cracked down they can't use it as much without getting suspended well some of them might lose ERA their pitching might be worse you don't know but those guys are so good Kerr Burns Garrett Cole and John Means is good too but what happened was at the end of the game Josh Dawson hit a huge home run off of, or not, like earlier in the game, huge home run off Lucas Giudo. And when Josh Dawson was crossing the plate, he said to effect that no more sticky stuff, that he had hit the home run because now he stinks because he can't use spin rate, can't use substances to help him, his grip. And after the mat game, Lucas Giedo called out Donaldson and said that was like basically to effect of weak, weak sauce that he had said that and he was a pest that he had said those comments. 
and basically just another rivalry tit-tat between rivals, rival clubs in the same division. And people are human. Good to see that stuff. I don't have a problem with it. I can understand both sides. Uh, Chilito was fired up, just like Johnson was. And I'm not going to really have any more to say. Just that it was an exciting moment. Right. As opposed to one more thing to add to that is Azikian, former next manager. NBC's Unloaded. Donaldson in short uh, after his comments on accusing Julia of cheating so he's got he's got that back up from uh, one of the most recognizable one of the most loved uh, Red Sox players overall in the entire league and um, yeah the whole <laughs> sticky hands it's, it's just silly yeah, so that was all part of White Sox talk uh, uh, during one of the recent, uh, yeah, it's actually, yes, last night, last night, as we're pointing Thursday, um, Ozzy just said on NBC Sports that Donaldson never been to a World Series, <laughs> No, he didn't. Um, and, yeah, the, Yes, I didn't get paid. He was a better player than me, but he never will have one of this. As in a ring, a trophy of sorts. And actually, he says to the twins, uh, see you later, good luck, brother. Still making you money, and you know what your next career will be, WWE. They will be waiting for you, Papa. That's pretty simple. Oh, yes. Right. And remember what Yolita responded. He says, I believe he said the S word, or he might have said the F word, but he said an expletive test. Yep. So, yeah, passless. Uh, we will hear more. Uh, this I'm very sure and this is a good move into our third piece of news this is mind-blowing very explosive actually this this came out of left field and definitely surprised me as I got uh, notified of this on Wednesday was it yeah it was Wednesday morning yeah that sounds right and this is on a player that has been off for quite a while has been needing some time off and out indefinitely, but now we can announce a return 
Yeah, Jonathan Taze, one of my favorite players in the NHL and the Blackhawks. He had missed all last season in case you'd forgotten. He didn't play last season. And he said in a post and a video that he had chronic immune response syndrome. And he had mentioned earlier in December that he had symptoms that left him feeling drained and lethargic and that he could not play. And if you want to watch what he said in a video form, he posted on Twitter and he a video of him at Fairford Arena, the practice facility, in an interview. And then texting, he said, I wasn't too vocal about the things I went for this year. I appreciate the understanding and support and wanted to share his message on where I'm at. And then he mentioned... He entered the yeah. fifth, third arena with the Blackhawks practice. Yep. And he mentioned that his body fell apart couldn't quite recover. His immune system was reacting to everything that he did in kind of stress. And then he's had to take the year off. But now he's back, so that's very exciting. And I can't wait for him to come back. Hopefully he's back, ready to play. After yeah, one year off. I thought he was done. Or so I, was looking, I don't think he was done. I don't think he was done for his career. I just thought maybe it would be a while. Yeah, so yeah, me at least. Uh, that usually led to uh, something more, you know, that they've done. But it's such a long time since, you know, the last update. And so happy to have a Blackhawks legend, let's just say feature legend, return. And yeah, he's excited to get back in front of the fans, what a way to make a return to, you know, to, to your home. And that first step back into the United Center is going to be remarkable. And this is, concludes our breaking news free segments on Chicago local sports. And the main show, main show starts now. Welcome to the Box Sports Show, episode seventy-four. We are one week away from the extravaganza, La Palooza-like celebration, episode seventy-five. We already have one guest that was booked and completed the interview. So we're super excited about his interview being released to the public. And then on DJ Benny the Bulls and he has a few Lando. interviewees in the works. In the works. Talking to him, wooing him, trying to get him to come on. So we'll see how that goes too. So excited about the interviews lined up. Right. And for seventy four we have about a few topics we want you to cover mainly Towards the end of the NBA Conference Finals playoffs, very close to the NBA Finals. And also we want to talk about Chicago Red Stars versus Racing Louisville's match from Saturday, which, whoa, was the weather insane with the tornado warning Chicago, the thunder, the torrential rain, downpour, 
We'll talk about that in relation to the start time of the game. And actually, it happened, actually. It wasn't canceled. And then also, we're talking about Chicago Fire somehow didn't lose and actually scored one goal against um, Philadelphia Union, who, as you remember, was the first Fire game I ever went to in May was against Philadelphia. So this was a rematch at Soldier Field. And then also... This one I did not tell Gigi Mandible about. It's more of like from the seat of my pants, last second, fought, but I also want to kind of break down, give my prediction for the Stanley Cup final in hockey between the Montreal Canadiens and Tampa Bay Lightning, which starts actually tonight, 7 p.m. in Tampa Bay. So we're excited for those topics. Let's begin with the NBA Conference Finals. Oh, what is tornado? We had two straight, uh, two select days during the week where there were tornado warnings and what a whirlwind of we're reaching the conference finals for the NBA and very excited to delve into it. We're just beginning here um, as of uh, this week and looks like we're, we're beginning to be in the middle towards the end now uh, with uh, the postseason here and we have the Bucks the Hawks Clippers Suns going at it in their respective conferences conferences. and last episode 73 I made predictions that I thought it was going to be the Suns and Bucks advancing, and so far that has proven to be a good um, guess, good hypothesis. I'm also sticking to that. It's people hypothesis. I've talked to have had that same opinion as us too. So we don't have the insane opinion or underdog opinion that it's going to be the Hawks, but I think based on what I told. DJ Bounty off air. I think that Giannis, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, and the supporting cast of the Bucks is too much for Trey Young and his supporting cast. Because when you get down to it, if you can limit Trey Young's scoring impact on the match or the game, I'm used to soccer these days. Game, if you can limit his impact, then let's say for example he scores only twenty. Well, that means that other players on the team have to step up scoring a big amount too. The John Collinses, the Bogdanoviches, the Chris Dunn. He never plays, but for example. And so far, the Bucks have good a good job of limiting that. For example, Game 2, they crushed them. And then Game 3, they won by around 10. And Chris Middleton went off in Game 3. 38 points, probably his best performance of the playoffs, at least in my example. And what do you think, DJ Bounty? Was he electric? Trey? Yeah, he was very much electric. He was going off. It was game one, right? Where we're going off. Yeah, that was a very uh, even game. I kept on saying multiple times while watching. I was able to. That was the only game until later in the week. Uh, towards the weekend when I was able to, uh, from Tuesday to catch. 
and wow, 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 it was his game, uh, he was going off, uh, you know, in multiple, multiple uh, occasions, uh, many going throughout, I thought it was very um, off for the Bucks for Giannis to miss uh, some, you know, hook shots and layups and all that, uh, he has missed uh, free throws. He's not let's say the best in that. Uh, I mean, this season, um, especially during this time. So I, yeah, we're ready to have the Bucks, and the Bucks are actually uh, coming back from this. They did come back in game two. I was, uh, I thought Tuesdays. It could have went either way, uh, and that's what. It's been missing for the NBA. That this is a good thing, and uh, it definitely is brings a different vibe, opposed to last year. Uh, very more competitive, which is more fun to watch. I agree with that. That it's not fun when you can write in a piece of paper, Lakers Nets, and then go to bed. My and predictions, and then wake yes. up and. Um, June and oh, it's over. It was Lakers in five. Like, for, no, that's not fun for anyone. Uh, yeah, this time, like, actually worked. There's still, I thought they still need some reworking to be done for the like the whole NBA seating and all that. I don't 100% understand that, like, a little bit what do you mean? frustrated, and games? also, you know, just don't get how you know they would do that. Like, I feel like it actually did work well to create that competitive um, atmosphere this season. Well, there are people who have talked about in the NBA circles that they had wanted to be 16 teams seated, no conference. So I guess there's that, but I, I don't know. Cause I, I don't believe they will completely change it since like no. it wouldn't be fair to like, you know, from everyone before teams. that the conferences and, everyone that came before so there well, sure. ha- might be slight slight changes um they might have to do like some sort of tournament you know that that way mm. like off season but yeah i don't see any major changes because the nhl they changed their playoff system because they had the same exact as the nba it was the one through eight in east west conference yeah and they've switched it to the division base basically where they have I mean, this was pre-COVID. This the divisions now in COVID were all weird because it was COVID, but before that, they had the Pacific, Central, East, and um, Atlantic divisions, and they were all set in the playoffs. And now they have just for this year the North, Pacific, works on that, and those ones. But it's worked out well in hockey. They've worked out well, but NBA is too spread out. I don't think that'd be a good idea to division base it like that, but I could see maybe stranger things have happened. Well, sure. <laughs> and uh, before you, yeah, go ahead. John, jump in for a sec. for the uh, format. I believe they can do it. Now that I think about it, there have been changes. Uh, you know, back in what 2010, 2011, they did change up. You know, doing some research. You know, throughout. Uh, this season, just looking back at like the bowl season and all that, then it took me to uh, the NBA season as a whole, and 
yeah, they did make some changes uh, from that point on. And I say they can do some slight changes someday, next season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're off from the finish your point about well, my, NHL, right? No, my point was pretty much yeah. finished. You had covered it pretty well, just that. I wouldn't say it's set in stone that the NBA would change their playoff um, picture, but I could see maybe some tinkering because which way they have been doing with the playing games. Yeah. So. Yeah, and so yeah, back to the the games we have. Uh, so far, we're up to games four, just completed for the Bucks and the Hawks. Right, so we're approaching game five is tonight. And then we have the game a little bit further at the west already. We're going with the Suns, the Clippers. Yeah, game five's tonight. Game five already. So let's our predictions we don't need to react it again. We we are sticking to them. I'm not changing it. Gonna continue. Sorry, DJ buddy. We keep <laughs> Yeah, don't be and the same same boat, yeah. The the Bucks and the Suns we're looking for for the finals. A final comment. I would have, I want to give this man credit before we um finish our NBA talk. But I want to give DeAndre Ayton big credit because he was the number one pick a few years ago, and he had a lot of pressure coming out of Arizona, University of Arizona, and. DJ Benny and I have liked him, and we liked him when he did the 2K tournament. He seemed like a really like, likable guy in his basement playing 2K. I was like, oh, this guy seems likable. And then um, he's improved every season. And this year, basically, the place has been his coming out party. He's been unbelievable. For example, he had the game-winning dunk in Game 2. And in Game 4, he also was electric in getting... The Suns of W, he had over 20 rebounds. He was balling out of his mind. And Chris Paul's back. He's ended that COVID protocol, so he's back. The Suns are healthy. I think they're going to end it tonight. I think the Clippers are going to go home tonight. That's my prediction. For me, yeah, I am. I also take that risk saying that the Clips will be going home tonight. And we have the Suns advancing their first finals since a decade. Uh, yeah, they well, actually they were in the conference finals in 2010. This right. is their first NBA finals since 93 when they played 90, Michael Jordan. 93, that's correct. Right. And they lost uh, to Michael Jordan, but they played him. <laughs> Right, yeah, those, you know, during, uh, during the days. Charles Barkley. Barkley, Nash, Stoudemire. Right? Yeah, the Mike D'Antoni about, sons in 2010, uh, Charles Barkley, 93. <laughs> so, yeah, there it goes. There's some history. There's that uh, rival, our rival <laughs> from, uh, from here. I, 
I don't know who I'm going to choose if it's Suns Bucks because I like both. But I, don't, I mean, like I don't know who's who going to choose to win. I'll say that. Yeah, that's gonna be something that we will have to discuss debate, debate uh, after these these finals after uh, these last two last few games conference finals. Yeah, it's kind of tough to to think about right now. Yeah. I think I'm going to wait thinking about it until, like, it's set in stone. Right, yeah. That's going to see, because we're, you know, going back. We're going to be, just in case, you know, the Clippers can well, overcome. Sure. I mean, <laughs> and, I can't, yeah. I mean, I want to count them out, but in their defense, they did fall behind 2-0 to the Mavericks, came back and won, and they did fall behind 2-0 to the Jazz, and came back and won, so they can't come back from 2-0 deficits. This one's right. free to one though, which is more difficult. Mm-hmm. Two zero is easier because the Jazz one they came back and swept them, and then right, the right. Mavericks they came back to tie and then they had to come back again, but that was easier. And I think that's good for the NBA portion of the episode seventy four. So sit back, relax, and get ready for some more segments shortly. This is our second segment of episode 74. We are going to talk about the Chicago Fire FC's decent performance against the Philadelphia Union. And I say the word decent because lately we've been saying abysmal, woeful, tragic, crap. But this one was not an abysmal or crap performance. Was it perfect? No, but... DJ Benny, I believe, watched this match, so he has more insight. Yes, I did actually. Uh, it was it was a good game, and we started off on flames as we attacked very early. We were able to get one o a goal within the first three minutes or so. Maybe to be safe, say five minutes, <laughs> <laughs> since we're able to have the fire score. In I remember the announcers made this clear. It was three straight, three games in a row we haven't scored. We've been scoreless, so it's been frustrating. Uh, also, as a as a fan enthusiast of the club, and also uh, for for them as well. Well, I'm glad we finally scored a goal. I know it was not our own goal. I know we didn't, I guess, in a sense, it was the own goal, but still counts on the scoreboard as a goal. So we'll take that any day of the week for the fire. That's true. Are you talking about the the, the one later on? We're talking about the first the first one that, that was the own goal, the union. But true, the true. fire didn't cause that goal. It wasn't like... Right. Francisco Calvo yeah, we'll take it. We'll take it, though. <laughs> yeah, it's sick. And it almost came back to, to haunt us in a way. Because later on, yeah. own goal of, uh, our, of ourselves. Two own goals in one game. Yikes. Right, yeah. Um, so, yeah. How can we 
yeah, that's that that's a little bit like baffling, you know. But I mean, it was like you say, oh, you know, whoever was standing there, they shouldn't have been there yet. Like you know, if it's bounced off the shoulder, it's like not even like they touched it, right? Like with their foot. That's often the case. It's like a misplayed pass or a um, pass knocks off someone or kick goes wild. There's usually the reasons for an own goal. Or if you want a sabotage kind of scenario, someone kicks into the goal on purpose, but that's rare. That that doesn't happen really. But. That's true. Yeah, I know that's happened um, accidentally. Like someone's moved, moved you know, their leg and then somehow it just bounces off there. So... Um, for the lineups for the fire, it looks pretty much very similar to the lineup that was on Wednesday's night lost with the back line of Navarro, the captain, he's back, Princess Cabo, Pineda, Kapilhoff, Boris Sekulik, in the midfield, Kate Herbers, Madran, Luca, and then forwards, Robert Barrage. And the only other one that's different is uh, this man who I don't recognize. Aliceta. Yeah, Ignacio Aliceta. I don't recognize him. Is he new? Uh, he says five game plays. He must be. He must be new. I just don't recognize him. He must be affiliated. Uh, he must be. Um, it says he's young. He's young designated player. Day birth two thousand. Yeah, he's right. young. Yep. Checking the facts. <laughs> Yeah, I like how they do that. They do the player details for them, and they have specific what they prefer, positions, and all that. Oh, yeah, he was actually transferred uh, last year. Right. So he'll be here till 2023 on the fire, it looks like. Right. <laughs> According to his career summary, he's very quick, technically gifted winner. Who had a goal and two assists and 16 starts in his first year in MLS last season. That is from ChicagoFire.com. Yeah. And he has also had appearances for the under-23 Argentina national team in the 2019 Pan American Games. So, exciting to see if he can wake up this sleepy offense that we have. It's so poor, but right. hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. And it was 1-0 after the own goal for uh, the fire got on the board. Then Sullivan for the Union scored in the 28th. How did that go, did you All right, so this one was the second goal overall. Oh, that was, that was kind of intense. We were able to... Let me go back to that. <laughs> um, yep, what's going on? Yeah, this one seemingly came out of nowhere. Uh, and, yeah, they're just ready to get us back from, you know, their own goal earlier, I'm sure. They're just more uh, aggressive. And, yeah, this was a big one. Sullivan, midfield. Um, that, that's where you could tell, like, you know, midfield was getting aggressive. Like, they 
it's it's their midfield that was um you know the one that was attacking they they were ready you know that's something that you could tell you know they're trying to you know get get back on us from earlier uh and yeah this one came on bottom right corner this one was a tough one so uh if i remember it was uh from a little bit far away and yeah i had to go lasso so one to one then basically halftime Corey book who is definitely a nemesis of the fire he was pretty electric when i saw him take on the fire in may i liked him i was like burke he looks like someone who to notice and he on the board he's a striker he's prone he's going to score goals and he did right foot right, shot right. past bobby off a corner and mr burke got on the board two to one union yeah that that was frustrating um it wasn't it was like wasn't supposed to supposed to happen like it was, <laughs> it was supposed to happen like uh yeah shuttleworth was he he had it he had it at first it was blocked as it says right here there was a temp and then um the same minute he he went for it that was assisted by quinn and then this one by jacob so they they had they had you know their passing ready uh the capitalize on us yeah that that one was avoidable and then we had our actual the fire fc had our actual first goal <laughs> second overall <laughs> yes uh one of, one of our, our favorites favorite defenders no less don't expect anything more <laughs> Boris Sekulik that's right was this header really electric it, it was it was actually it was like alright we're gonna tie this up we have a chance to actually win um, we we're afraid that you know this was gonna it wasn't gonna happen right it's gonna just lose again and yep. like I believe we're ready to, to do that and to do this and yeah this one this one went straight in assist by Alvaro Madron this one was a set piece and yeah this one really caused us to you know it, it gave me hope that we were able to you know finally get a good move on and possibly you know win this but yeah I mean it's just good to see some goals here um overall uh, especially right. for the fire like it's been feels like it's been uh, too long that we haven't been able to see some reason and so yeah this continue on to the second half and here we go again. We switch off. Um, you know, he's very good so far in the game in defense. Um, and and all that being aggressive. And we have another one. This really set us. I believe we, we won after this. <laughs> you fought. We got, 
a goal from Mauricio Pineda. Pineda, three two now, and this was by Madron across, uh, and this was through a corner, and it went right in bottom right corner. A tough shot, and we scored. This point, I thought they were done. Then again, thought it was over. Yeah, we. I mean, the Union. Wish. You know how good they are. Are they? <laughs> Uh, and this this part, like again, we don't have to get too into it. Yeah, yeah. Here, here goes the own goal, second. <sighs> <it. laughs> yeah, that one was like oh, the first one was really good. The second one, not good. Right, this one was very. Yeah, that was courtesy of Sekulic, and it caused the the tie three three now. Yeah, with us. And that was it. To say. Final. Three to three. Uh, yeah, draw. So, for the Union, they still are up ahead in the Eastern Conference standings. They're in a good spot with the draw. And now looking to the Fires standings, we still are in dead last in the MLS, 27th <sighs> overall. But in the East, we now have, in points, we have five. So we are tied of Toronto FC, who have five. But goal differential... Is pretty close actually. Our goal differential is minus ten. There's is minus eight. We have seven goals on the year now. They have twelve, and we allowed seventeen. They allowed twenty. So, if the Fire have a good performance against Atlanta United in their next match on July third, let's say, and Atlanta is not that great. They're in tenth. They're not a world beater. So let's say the Fire can pull out maybe a draw. Then we could beat Pole Vault, Toronto, depending on who they play next. Toronto's next team, hopefully it's a bad one. Hopefully they play a bad team next. Mm-hmm. They're playing uh, DC United next, which is a pretty good team on the road too. So I think DC could beat them. Right. So hopefully the fire next time we record have six or eight points and they pole vaulted in Toronto and we don't have to talk about them having the 27th forest record and really getting more important yeah <laughs> they're not that far um, like they can easily reach uh, I mean it's not going to be easy no but, like we can easily nonetheless reach you know in the reach w- you know the, higher in the in right. the teens right like we right. can get 13 points oh yeah 14 if we keep if we win, you know, two games. When the West, Vancouver is the worst with eight. So if we beat Atlanta United, which I know is asking a lot, but if we beat them, we would still be behind Vancouver, I think, on depending on goal differential, but we at least would be in the ballpark. And that would be a home game, right? That's, that's going to be... Uh, Atlanta's home game, yeah. The July 3rd mm-hmm. game I want to be at. Oh. Let's see if that... Well, thank you for listening to our Chicago Fire versus Philadelphia Union recap. The Fire didn't win, but they didn't lose, so their five-game losing streak ended. Thank goodness. No more of that. Tired of that. We need a decisive... (laughs) We need a decisive... uh, That is a victory. (laughs) 
And also, I believe if you can't go to the match, this is on WGN the last match that Arlo White's calling before he goes back to England, I believe. So, if you want to listen to Arlo White with Tony and Todd Terrence on the sideline, then definitely tune into this WGN match because I believe this is the fourth and final one he'll be calling before he goes back. Stay tuned for the Red Stars up, coming up shortly. This is our second to last episode 74 segment. Our final one will be an NHL Stanley Cup rated. This one will be on the Red Stars and their game versus Racing Louisville. This was Racing Louisville's first ever appearance at SeatGeek Stadium. And this was also their first, spoiler alert, road victory ever. So they accomplished two things at once. And finally, this was Savannah McCaskill, former Red Star, and Yuki Nagasato, former Red Star's first appearance back at SeatGeek Stadium since they were traded to Racing Louisville prior to the draft in 2020. Correct. Yeah, it was actually good to see them back, watching this back. Uh, they look like they're ready, able to be on this new team. They've uh, been sorely missed from... Oh, yeah. The <laughs> Stars definitely... And us, too. But that's kind of forced the Stars to add newer star replace them with you know <laughs> the other big stars uh if you will so yeah it feels like every time we've they've been adding you know adding more and more just to make up for that the difference yeah difference i especially miss them both because savannah was not on the team that long only since 2019 i believe but yeah she made a big impact for me as a new fan yeah she came in during the spring into summer in 2019 it feels like she's been on there for a long time i know that's what i thought when i first started watching like she must be a veteran on the team but no (laughs) no yeah she's one of the youngest players too and then yuki's been on the team a while Mm -hmm. i bet right Mm -hmm. yeah basically since the beginning um at least like three years in or so um and Right, yeah, they know they competed uh, in the U.S. versus Japan in the finals in the 2015 World Cup. And so, yeah, that's that's around the time that uh, I, we would have known before that, you know, Yuki was there uh, here for, for us, representing Chicago. Um, fast forward... Four Literally. years later, <laughs> here we are. We're just starting on the rise of um, you know popularity in women's soccer, though. So I believe that's yeah, that's a good thing. And oh yeah, the the league's definitely taking more popularity. Uh, being on CBS proper, being on Paramount Plus, Twitch, Twitch, CBS Sports, um, CBS Sports. I think getting more news coverage. Still not a ton, but it's getting there. I did. What I noticed, I saw right after the fire, they did 
cover instead of like five second like mention there. Yeah, they it's always show like five. Them again, they do from time to time, but like not like this. But like they got like a, like twenty seconds like out after the fire. Like Red Stars recap, and uh, they they showed it and they actually discussed that was that's on good. NBC Five. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I know they would, and then for sure, uh, CBS News does it like they they do it like every time. And of course, uh, Meg Lanahan, right. Stephanie, Meg Lanahan. We've talked about her a million times in here, but she's the Adrian Wojnarowski of the WSL and of a league. <laughs> her podcast we've probably promoted a million times, but full time Meg Lanahan. If you want to learn good. more about. That WSL and also the United States Women's National Soccer Team definitely give her podcast a listen. It's on Spotify, iTunes, all those ones. She's one of the few like national. Yeah, I agree, national. Yep, that do it. There's a few like Southside Trap, uh, mm-hmm. Chicago that covers Boso as a soul. We're not like hundred percent like just women's rights. No, we make sure to emphasize. Cover, uh, cover them and any sport really around the world. But, uh, yeah, that's that's one of the few. And I, I feel like um, also besides NBC, WGN, like they're yeah. one of the three that they do that actually do cover them. And then all the others, off limits. All <laughs> bad. ESPN. Bad. <laughs> ESPN. ESPN barely box. covers them. Barely, uh, even though you know. They should be, AMC. but they should be. they're lost. So, right. so back to the game. This game was supposed to start at one central time, but if you were living in the Chicago area, which we do, we had tornado warning, tornado sirens, we had torrential rain, we had thunder, we had downpours, we had crazy weather on Saturday, so the match was delayed until about. 3.30 central time, so about two and a half hour delay, but it happened all 90 minutes. It was not postponed or canceled, which is the best. Right, yeah, and it, it, it did have like, a lot planned. I'm sure they probably had to cut back for mm. like anything outdoor. Like, out, Cause it was, it was out pr- there. Pride, week, pride game, something. Yeah, Pride Night. Pride Night. So or they probably cut some of that stuff. Right, yeah, Pride Day. And I did see the colors based on like on Twitter. Uh, all the different, you know, all the rainbow, uh, just representing uh, pride, which I am an ally for, mm-hmm. and yeah, just about LGBTQ plus about the community. I know that NWSL, there's many players that uh, are allies and also uh, part of that part of community. that community too, which uh, it's very much. It's 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 built you know almost like you know they built this to, you know for them, and they're well represented in there. Um, and though the league is they usually push they push for that. I know they have some issues with like discrimination, you know, mm-hmm. like all oh, this incidents. But I feel that that's minor compared to you know what they do for all that, or else they wouldn't have you know Pride Day, right? <laughs> so that's a good thing. So for the lineups for respective sides, I guess I'll take the visiting time side's time in Racing Louisville. 
So for their lineup, we have Michelle, Mitos, and Goal. The woman that we always fought was only exclusively on the women's national team, but, but she's not. not. A player. She actually plays on an NWSL squad, Emily Fox. By the way, again, Matt. Neely Martin, Gemma Bonner, Aaron Simon. In defense, midfielders, Freya Olfelsen, Lauren Malay, Yuki Naisato, Savannah McCaskill, CC Kaiser, and Ebony Salmon. Mm-hmm. On to the Red Stars. Uh, we have at goal Alyssa, number one, Nair Nation, Nair. <laughs> then in defense, Aaron Wright, Taryn uh, N A S A Davidson. <laughs> she's she's a big uh, he's a big fan of space and all that. I know that there's a lot of repping for that and. Next, Sarah Gordon, Casey Short, Kruger. <clears throat> Onto midfield, we have the return of Danny Colaprico. For one match. All right, we'll get into <laughs> in a little bit. Then, Morgan Bryan, Gatro. And onto the attacking midfield, we have Mallory Pugh. And number our designated our number ten, Vanessa Di Bernardo, and then our forwards, Rachel Hill, and Kalia Ohai Watt. And we both got to watch the, not the match sadly, but we watched after the fact yeah. the highlights. This afternoon we watched the highlights, and That's there were. <laughs> a variety of highlights that are warranted to be discussed. And right. keep in mind, the pitch was sogging, wet, not good atmosphere for soccer match, slipping, falling. But yeah, right, yeah, too much rain, moisture, like yeah. that's that's not good. Moisture, like a lot of, you know, s- some rain. That that's actually good. That's okay. But, like this was. Drenched. Yeah, oh yeah, the, the field like, is soaked. Yeah, very so, too soaked. That's not, that's not good. But we have that. Like imagine being there. And I've been at games, uh, Ira, when it was raining while it was going. Oh yeah, out. I've been baseball games where it's been raining. Yeah, and I just stayed like soaked. I didn't have a hoodie or anything. I just stayed like how I was. It wasn't too bad. But I remember, like, my, my shorts were wet, shirt, <laughs> and everything. Just doing my best to keep my my uh, my mobile my mobile phone <laughs> dry. <laughs> it was it was kind of tough too. But yeah, it's it's water resistant, so at least we have that technology now. And usually they don't delay; they just like they keep things going unless it's getting really bad. And I believe especially there had to be like safe about like yep. really um they had to protect the whole thing because of the tornado yeah possibly because i was afraid that it said like oh in your area and then when you read it's like oh like chicago like lincoln park and all those areas could be 
be hit. Strong winds and everything, but like since it's close to you know close enough, I guess they're not gonna take any chances. Chances. So the first moment to talk about was Danny Caprico was given a yellow card, and on this face is not that important, but later in the match, it became important for next week's match. Moving on, and the 38th minute, the racing label got on the board when Ebony Salmon had a right-footed shot. And this one kind of looked like um, Alyssa Nair kind of maybe slipped in mm -hmm. net trying to get this one because it wasn't a great kick or a great shot selection by Ebony Salmon, but it got past Alyssa Nair and it was a goal. Assisted by C.D. Kaiser. 1-0 Louisville. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's that's the first half. Uh, and It's kind of concerning to me that I know last against um, Old Rain we got shut out, but that Old Rain, our lineup wasn't that great because a lot of them got the day off, but this lineup yeah, is yeah. pretty much almost our best and we still got shut out right and from a, a new team that yeah. hasn't been that doing you know they haven't been, been known to that be that awesome and also like with scoring they're not known for that just yet so i guess they they kind of exposed us in chicago and 55th minute uh danny was given her second yellow card so one more and it was a, a red card bad foul. So not good mm -hmm. And right then, same minute, Racine Louisville got their second goal when Yuki Nagasato, former Red Star, had a excellent shot from the left side of the six-yard box, passed Ilsenair to make it 2-0 uh, Louisville. Isn't that a built-in story right there? It's... I that do my impressive. best to, to go back and impress. I mean, where do you know how good Yuki is? And it was kind of weird, like, towards the end before she uh, moved to Louisville that she was kind of, like, taken off. Like, she wasn't, she was no longer one of their, like, forwards, or they didn't want to play her, like, oh, you're your star forwards. Like, she became midfield which was was unusual like i mean it could it could work yeah because <laughs> <laughs> it works right here but yeah that's the thing it's dangerous like she can come out of either side like any no matter like what um position she is though and that's something i missed too like that technical ability that yuki brings like that's something that you know like from dribbling the ball just like and passing to like that's something i really was one that can run the ball all the way towards the end from the corner like um i, I really miss um having someone yeah. like her <laughs> for us um just think of like similar to the the fire you know someone like um calvo or uh someone like robert Huh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Our parents, that's, you know, who's able to run the ball. And so that, yeah, that led to, 
to number two. Oh, number two for them. And yeah, you were you were questioning about where they get this like nickname, uh, where they get Ebony, Ebony Salmon from. It sounds like it's from the show. <laughs> yeah, that's that's their actual name. Um, so we got to the sixty second minute, the final goal of the match, when Savannah McCaskill had a great pass to set up Yuki, and then Yuki kicked it way up in the air to the center of the goal, and it came back down, and Savannah was able to tidily kick it in to make it 3-0, and Yuki was not given the assist, but that's the closest assist you can get. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Davidson was, was actually right there, though. She, like, ran past it. She yeah. Couldn't, she couldn't defend. She couldn't... Um, get in the way. Get in the way to to cause trouble, to to block that that uh, pass from them. So they let that one slide. And it was it was a very good-looking goal, too, like, you know, further out. And it's one that, like, you take a... Is big risk, one that goes straight in. Yep. And that's the way that you should, I guess. Some like to, you know, keep it high, just think it's like, all right, so it could bounce off someone, or like maybe that's what like they're supposed to, do or they're used to doing, like this. Cause this is a perfect one that got them <laughs> the three and oh man, exposing us. So that was the end of the match and upcoming schedule. The Red Stars' next match of the season will be against the Washington Spirit on July 3rd on the road. Or is it 4th? July 2nd? 2nd, right, July 2nd. So 2nd. I, thought, I, I thought before that today it was right. the same Friday, day right. to... Yeah, unless that's not the date. Yeah. Um, yeah, July 2nd, Friday at Segra Field. One of the rare Friday games for... Uh, so like yeah, uh, usually at home, um, it's rare too. But like this is gonna be away, right? <laughs> and this will be a rematch of a few games ago when we saw the Spirit draw with our Red Stars. So maybe the Red Stars can get a W this time. First they will. <laughs> Hopefully, because we don't want to lose three games in a row. Right. Which yeah. it would be if we lost. Yeah, it's it'll be. Three already. We, we lost to Old Rain, lost draw. to Louisville, so we the three. Right, that's right. Thank you for listening to the Red Stars recap against Louisville. And coming up. Now we have NHL, NHL. last.